What up, East High? We're back with episode two. No more pomp and circumstance. Straight to business. I'm Contra. And I'm Tyler. We're the Amateur Nerds, here to talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. That's fun, like High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. It'll be confusing when it's High School Musical 3, two, one minute at a time. And you do a little countdown. No, that'll get real confusing. I'm not into Anyway, that. we're talking about minute two today. Yeah, and minute two starts out with Chad asking what she's talking about, and then it ends with the intro to what time is it ending. So we're just about to get a lyric. Chad takes a breath. This really feels like the start of something new. Like we're about to go on a brand new adventure and meet new people and try new things. Well, it's not the start of something new. I meant like with this podcast. Oh, I mean, like, like, we like, might... we're, like we're in the new season. Like, I'm excited. OK, I mean, we might meet new people. I don't know. I haven't figured out. Let's the try to get yet. some new people on the podcast, maybe <laughs> some old favorites, some new friends. So we're we're in the classroom. They are listening to Darvis drone on. I wouldn't call what Miss Darvis does drone. No. but I know what you mean. <laughs> I, honestly, waxing poetic like I used last time is is the best thing to call it. Uh, she's not Ben Stein from from Ferris Bueller. No. She does not have a monotonous voice. No, but still, it's very tune outable as they all manage to do. <laughs> <laughs> and they are there. Troy is just his mind somewhere else, although he is trying to pay more attention than like anyone else in the room. Yeah, Troy in, the, in this minute. There's a lot of like Troy is a special boy. Like he doesn't fit in with the there's your, with the crowd. There's your title for this episode. <laughs> like he he functions on a different plane of existence. I mean, maybe it's that snazzy new haircut he got. Yeah, okay, there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about in terms of the appearance of the people in this minute. Do we want to go there first? Yeah, I don't like it. One bit. I <laughs> miss I don't like the like the color palette that has been established in this movie so far is like blowing my mind. It is it's, it's driving vibrant. Me. It's summer. It's contrasting so hard with what I'm used to from the first one. We're like, you know, we had like the we had the nice color theory thing with the first one. Where like people are in red and red and white, except for our main characters. But that's the thing. They broke it all down. I know. <laughs> but it makes me so mad because Kelsey's in this like weird like pastel. Like she doesn't look like her like theater self. She looks like she's been dressed up in her Abercrombie outfit or whatever. I don't know. She's got a hat on still. She's still a little quirky. Yeah. Martha's got like a whole like fit on. She's got headphones in. She's bopping. Yeah. I liked Miss Darbus's. It fits Miss Darbus's styles. Like we were used to her in these kind of more. um Garish. Fate, faded type colors. And now she, now she's wearing. She, she always wore like multicolored things, but they were a little more dim. Mm-hmm. And now they're very vibrant. I and like I, that on her. Yeah. I think I think the vibrance is nice, though, because it does show that the well i think part of it is they they had more money to work with like they look it looks better it's cleaner they can they can spend a little bit more money on camera lenses and cinematography and color filters it's just not 
it's off-putting. Uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's disjointed. Are you discombobulated? Um, it's, it's a jolt for me. It's a surprise. I'm I'm missing the one nice SAT word that would explain this more vividly. But well, that's why they had all those nice establishing shots. But it's not the way you expect because it's all empty. They had the establishing shots to like remind us of the visual aesthetic that we were used to from before, and then they very quickly turn, and it's very jarring. Well, I like their looks. I am adjusting. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be negative. I'm just saying it's a hard adjustment for me, except for Zac Efron's eyes, which are so blue. Poppin'. It's beautiful. And, and I like Zac Efron's shirt because I have a sticker of Zac Efron in this shirt. Um, <laughs> but you don't know the reference yet. You just have it. <laughs> I know. I, okay. I should have said in the previous episode, when I saying things I know from High School Musical 2, I know the Tia's and Troy necklace, okay? Okay. Even though your sticker does not say that. Yes. It's a it's a meme on the Tia's and Troy joke that has been very popular on Tumblr and the internet for many years. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Chad's got his regular t-shirt going on, so he's fine. Yeah, he majored in vacation, folks. Oh, I get, I haven't seen the, what the t-shirt says oh, yet, but is that what it says? That's what it says. And um, I'll, I'll say this fun fact now because I'm sharing it now anyways. They actually took viewer submissions for Chad's shirt this time. So instead of <laughs> Corbin Blue's sayings, they t- there was a lot of audience participation in this movie. Yeah. And we're going to get there from some other stuff. Well, and that's what well, we didn't mention this in the last episode, but, you know, this aired on August 17th. And then on the next night, they did the second showing of High School Musical 2. But it featured like the cast answering questions from fans. But I was I was wondering, like, is it questions from fans like in general or like about the movie? Like, did they have pre-screenings to like testing rooms to like show it to fans so who would then ask questions about the movie from like weeks before? I I, I, I don't know the you're answer. You're right to that. that the the audience participation is part of the marketing for Disney Channel at this time. It's like we want to we want people to feel like they're up, they're in it, they're excited, they're participating, they're dancing along at home, and they're helping make the movie. At the end of the telecast, when all of the stars and the director of the movie say, thanks for watching, they say, um, this wouldn't be possible without you, the fans, mm-hmm. right? Classic high school musical and concert line. <laughs> and I mean, for this one, it is a little more true. And I think that's why there was a second one made was because it they I mean, the only other one that had gotten a sequel, like there was Kim Possible and Cheetah Girls. And that had been it for sequels. Like you don't know, de- Condra, Mr. Boogity had a sequel, Bride of Boogity. <sighs> <laughs> and technically, Parent Trap 2 was the sequel that came to Decon. And there was a Parent Trap 3. All right. Let's look at this. N- none of those count. The thing we're looking at with High School Musical 2 and the High School Musical series overall is that it is a marketing work of genius. Yes. They capitalized. We've talked about this many times. Yeah. They capitalized on something. They, they struck gold. And they're like, let's run with this. So it's not even like they struck gold. They like said, we're going to put some gold in here and then say we struck gold. But really, we just like wanted people to think that we found it from nowhere. But we. Well, I mean, Kenny Ortega, not for nothing. 
Um, he's a bigger name now than he was then. But like Hocus Pocus and Newsies were not big when they came out. They became big yeah. later. I'm just saying, like, High School Musical is a is a great movie, obviously. Um <laughs> me me making this bold statement. It is a great movie. No. Um it is a good movie that is worth that is worth its popularity to an extent, but how much of that is because it was so marketing forward, like part of the popularity of high school musical is the like sort of artificiality of the marketing. I'm not saying that people's appreciation of it is artificial. I'm just saying that Disney decided that they were going to try this experiment where they market this one really, really hard and go all in on decoms. And they started doing that for a few years with, you know, descendants and uh, teen beach movie and stuff like decoms became a brand because they realized they could market the heck out of them. Yeah, but I still think there was something about High School Musical that kind of turned the tide. Oh, yeah. The tide is high and I'm holding on. No, that's Hillary Duff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's a Lizzie McGuire movie reference, everyone. Love that movie. Yeah, so uh, Troy is kind of looking around. He's he lo- he's making eyes at Gabriella. They're making eyes at each other. They're like in the same seating arrangement as from the first movie, which is fun. Well, I mean, that makes sense if they're in homeroom or whatever yeah. room this is that they have to meet at the end of the day. So it's not really homeroom. Miss Darbus does not allow people to choose their own seats. <laughs> no, you it are is where a she puts you. <laughs> Um, which is weird that she still lets Chad sit behind Troy, if you think about that. Yeah, it's definitely a thing where maybe maybe that was a trick that Chad and Troy pulled like the first day of school, where they like, no, we have to be next to each other. But Miss Darbus is definitely the type of teacher that says at the beginning of the year, I won't know your name if you move seats. She cannot learn people's names if they are not exactly where she expects them to be. That is the type of teacher she is, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She does not care to know your name. It is geographical awareness only. And I get that as a teacher, they're like at the beginning of the year, that's how you learn where what people are and what people's names are by where they're sitting. It's very helpful. Well, it still doesn't impl- explain like she'd probably she knows Troy. Oh, she knows the Bolton boy. Yes. And I don't, if Chad's carrying around a basketball. There's gonna yeah. she's gonna put some two and two together at some point that oh these two are conspiring and why wouldn't she move them? Because yeah. um, Chad had made that comment about what is she talking about and Troy responds with she snapped her cap. Yeah, that's not a phrase. That's that's um definitely not. Chad doesn't really respond to that. It's expository dialogue. It's nothing happening. <laughs> yeah, the thing that's happening in this minute is some creepy chanting. Um, no, I was going to start with this clock thing. Oh, there are four clocks of increasing t- size. Yeah, so we get, you know, obviously high, high School Musical and High School Musical 2 are these kind of beyond realism, surrealism, uh, yeah, the surrealism of a musical. But in the past, that hasn't extended outside of the musical sequences. And now what we're getting here is Troy and everyone kind of looking at the clock behind Miss Darbus. And in in order to emphasize the idea that they're anticipating the clock to hit 3010, 310, because that's when summer officially begins, they choose to do this stylistic thing where the clock is getting increasingly bigger and bigger behind Miss Darbus for comedic purposes. It's an interesting thing. It's the sort of thing that would happen in a Boonwell movie that is fun to happen in a kid's movie. 
Yeah, and I think I I don't think the surrealism is wholly uh wholly exists within the musical sequences of the original. Um, because we have weird costuming things. Like we had pointed it out, like oh, that's a weird costume choice, or like all of a sudden for the guys to start dribbling in time to like music that wasn't there, like. It was pre the actual song, and that's what we're technically in right now. We're in that weird zone before the song starts that okay. everything like, is breaking down, and you're like, where is time? What is like life? Like the two minutes before the status quo song starts, yeah. and you're like, there's piano. They're like sort of talking like it's a musical, but not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what this is here, is we're building up to that start of the song, and the chanting is the unofficial start, kind of. Yeah. Well, Jason also asks uh, uh, Miss Darbus, classic Jason move, classic asking a Jason. question, um, which is like so weird because like that's a thing that happened like once in the first movie. And it wasn't like the funniest thing in the movie. Why are we calling back to this? Because it's a mirror, but it's distorted. Oh, no, no, you're right. Because Miss Darbus says the future greets you with its magic mirror. Yep. I don't know what that means, but yeah, Jason also has super long hair now. J- I don't like Jason's it. Jason's dealing with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire hair. Yeah, yeah. So he asked Miss Darbus what her favorite summer memory is, or no, he, he asks. It's very weird the way he phrases it. He says, "What was your favorite summer memory?" I don't know why he puts it in the past tense because a memory is still there. It it's not in the past. Like, well, the memory is in the past, but <laughs> it's still in Miss Darbus's brain. I don't. I don't say what what was your favorite flavor of ice cream. I say what is your favorite flavor of ice cream. If it was that in 1988, then great. I don't know. Well, funny you should mention 1988 because she explicit. So she goes off and the chanting drowns her out. But she says 1988 jumps to her mind as well as a Shakespeare festival, which like Darbus has been a nerd for a long time, apparently. Yeah, uh, theater nerds, that's just what they are. And I looked up 1988 for Allison Reed to see if it was a call to anything specific. Uh, Chorus Line had already come out, but she was in the production process of a movie called Skin Deep that would come out in 1989. I don't know what that movie is, though, so. Me neither. So that's all I got for you. Yeah, so Chad starts chanting summer. 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 And then... Others join in, yeah, at their own cadence and their own inflection. Yeah, so like Martha, Chad like starts it. Yeah, and then Martha and a couple people join in like at the tempo of Chad. Yeah, but then Kelsey joins and she like changes it. She jumps in the middle of the of the beat. Yeah, so Martha does this, like, dance move with it. Like, she's still hip-hopping. Oh, yeah. Kelsey looks crazed. Like, she's got a wild look to her. And then Monique makes, like, the squealy hands from Rapunzel, uh, from Tangled, that Rapunzel and Flynn Rider make that, like, I do love ducklings. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Taylor-ism. Yeah. She kind of has that sort of motion. And Gabriella has this, like, wistful... Yeah. Like longing. <laughs> Wistful summer. is a very polite way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Sharpay 
flirty. I was trying to figure out how to describe Sharpay's, and I was like, Yeah, she's got a classic Sharpay look where she's like twirling her hair. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's I couldn't remember like what detail about it is like very evocative, but that is it that she's twirling her hair. Did you notice that Ryan this whole minute is just straight looking out the window? I did not. <laughs> I love Ryan. He does not join the chance at all. He's just looking out the window. I respect that. Also, Sharpay. So it's funny. Sharpay is looking at Darbus still chanting, where the others are like looking at each other. And that's part of what Sharpay is kind of threw me a little bit. I mean, you don't have to look at the other people to stay in the beat with a chant. No, but just like I couldn't read what like. I could say wistful for Gabriella because the way she was looking at Troy or Kelsey's crazed look because you could <laughs> see it in her eyes. Um, but Sharpay just kind of looked flat other than she was doing this weird hair twirl thing. Has anyone ever done this summer chant in real life? What is this? Don't people just count down as the clock goes? They go 10, 9, well, Darbus won't let them, so they have to figure out their own way to do it, and they decide to chant Summer. Darbus should have given them all detention. I'm saying it now. <laughs> summer detention, we get a nice little uh, breakfast club. Like, they're all in the school and no one else is. But that would have been a lot of people to be in detention. Uh, I suppose. And Darbus just wants them out of there, too. Like, yeah. she does not care. She's like, how much can I torture them for the last 10 minutes of school? <laughs> yeah. This is like, I used to do, I, I, I did a prank with some of my students where like they had just submitted an essay and I, I told them we were going to do something fun. But when they like walked into the classroom, I had like written a bunch of like vocab words on the board. And I said like, we need to go over these vocab words. And I like made them like take out all their notes and stuff. And then I was like, I'm just kidding. We're not doing this. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea that Miss Darbus has a sort of perverse pleasure in like making the students listen to her talk. Oh, she 100% does, though. <laughs> um, but while all of them are chanting, Troy is bracing himself. He is, like, folding in on himself, being like, dear God, what is happening around me? Troy's just getting overstimulated. Like, it's very, <laughs> like, in a very literal sense, just like, this is too loud and uncomfortable. I very much understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And he braces himself, rightfully so, because at 310 on the nose... They all throw their papers and all yeah, of their belongings into the air. <laughs> that stressed me out. It's like, who's going to clean that up now? Y'all are about to go do a musical performance. Like, you're not taking- It's very your... cinematic, but- Very impractical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you notice that Chad gets up and dances with Miss Darbus for half a second and gives her like a weird kiss on the cheek? Yep. Yep. Are we going to talk about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Other than he does it, and I want to move on. <laughs> okay. And then Miss Darbus gets up and starts dancing with Martha for like half a second, and yeah. I liked that. And we see Chad bounce his basketball on the table to Troy, and then Troy gets up and starts dribbling around the room. Yeah. So Troy Basically, partakes everyone in, it in the room has started as, dancing. Yeah, they all kind of explode out of their. It's kind of like when you throw the graduation cap in a like a movie, and everyone like jumps together, and they're all like, yeah. Everyone jumps together like High School Musical, like, like high classic school musical. High School Musical thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a very weird tension break. Like, it's what the heck is happening right now? Like, yeah, the it's whole a very thing weird clock, start to the it's movie. It's not like it's not like telegraphed that there's like a joke going on with the clock. 
And again, this is like the sort of thing that's like we're watching it one minute at a time. I'm watching it on Disney Plus on like my laptop. I'm not like a child who's been waiting 18 months to see this sequel to my favorite movie ever. Like, it's hard to understand, like, if there was a joke going on there with or like just like what? How were I don't think it's a joke, but I think it's I'm trying to think of a good example here. You got Lion King. You got Beauty and the Beast. You got all these like big musicals. There's always an opening. Yeah, there's an opening number and you just you want to do as little work as possible to get to the opening number. Exactly. Sometimes you just straight up start with the opening number, but like this one, it needs a little bit of help getting there. You need to place where you are for the folks at home, but, and that's how they figure out we can do it. It's like, okay, let's build up to this explosion of joy because that's what summer vacation feels like. It's this explosion of joy, which is a bit of a slap in the face if you think about it, all these kids going back to school and they're like, yeah, remember how much fun summer is? You're going back to school. (laughs) Yeah, because some schools like, in the South, around like Tennessee, Virginia, they start going back to school like in the middle of August. Yeah. So. So this is very literally like the the end of summer for some of these kids. Yeah. So it just it it's a means to an end. I think it's not so much like a a, a choice, but like all right, it's a TV movie. We got ninety seven minutes to get through everything we want to get through. Let's yeah. get right into this first song. Like I think this one's closer to like a hundred four minutes. So. Do you have anything else for minute two? Yeah, I was just going to say it's perplexing then that they like decided to do like a little bit of a thing. Like they made the decision to do the clock thing, but also they were just trying to get us into the song. It's weird. Let's think about it. Let's let's analyze how the movie continues to blend into surrealism and make these sort of interesting creative choices that are bigger than they would have done in the first movie mm-hmm. um, and how they work overall. I like it, but also, <laughs> I don't know. I think the chanting is just very disturbing, not disturbing, but like it's unsettling in a way that I'm... you like don't really experience in the first one. Yeah. So maybe it's that. I'm really riding the high of me remembering Boonwell as a reference earlier. I don't even know who that is, so... <laughs> Louis Bunuel, he did um, Un Chien Andalusa, the movie with the, you know, you know, like the cloud going over the moon and then the eye getting sliced open with a knife. No. Okay. Anyway, Bunuel. Okay. <laughs> hey, Condor, you want to do our decom of the week segment? Sure. So we're switching things up, folks. We're getting yeah. creative. So season one of Wildcat Minute, season three of Amateur Nerds, we did some other thing where we talked about a pre-existing Disney Channel original movie that had already come out. One of us had looked up its Wikipedia entry and learned the plot, and the other person had to guess what the plot was based on the title and the actors. We still reserve the right to do that, and I'm sure we will continue to do that. Yeah, because we did not do all of them. Yes. But we did a lot of them. We did a lot of them, and also we've read more of them to like try to find the good ones. So sometimes... Like, Condra or I will, like, say, have you done this one? And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, but I actually do know what it's about because I read the plot or I'd of that once. Or I'd seen it kind of thing. Yeah. So we're going to try some new versions of the DCOM of the Week segment. And I know this sounds like when the band says, we're going to play something off of our new album. And you just want to be like, oh, I don't like this. We're going to, I'm going to not tune into this new thing. Trust me, stick it out because we're going to be doing a Mad Libs. 
Tyler put in the effort, folks. Where he does not know anything about the movie, he's put in the effort for the extra bits. So yes. he wrote a Mad Lib for me to do, which I'm excited yeah, about. So basically, I have written a Mad Libs that is like the narration and quotes from a trailer for a hypothetical decom that doesn't exist. Am I also coming up with the title? Or are we coming um, up with the title after we find out what the plot is? Very, very good. We're going to come up with a title after I read through your final Mad Lib to see if anything that you had come up with jumps out at you for like, that should be the title. Okay. And there will also be um, chances for Condra to like include actors and names. It, it, it'll, it's, all, it's all in the Mad Lib. So let's just do it and it, it'll, it'll work itself out real nice. Okay. All right. All right. I need an adjective. Beautiful. I need a past tense verb. Impressed. I need a school supply. Stapler remover or staple remover. Staple remover. Okay. I need I need you to describe an ordeal, something difficult or Okay. um annoying. Just a scenario. Um like a mosquito buzzing around your head? Would that work? <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> A mosquito in your ear is yeah. what I'm going to write. Yeah. Uh, okay. I need a geographic region. It could be a country or like a region. The Gold Coast. Where is the Gold Coast? It's in Africa. Okay. Um, okay. I need you to pick a sitcom that you're relatively familiar with or any TV show that you're relatively familiar with. Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> okay. Um, this makes it super easy because we're pulling out a child actor from that show. Amazing. So what actor from Avatar? Oh God, their actual name? Yeah. Um, I don't know any of their actual names. Well, what character? What character? And then we'll just pick whatever character uh, do you want. Zuko. All right. That's, I actually do know that one. That's Dante Basco. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. I need a name for mythology. Any mythology. Tantalus. Tantalus. Okay. <laughs> and I need a Pokemon. Uh, Snow Runt? Is that TP the like the the triangle one? Yeah, he's um yeah not a TP but like yeah he's like triangle he's like cone shaped and he's like wearing a jacket yeah I need a body part uh esophagus okay <laughs> um and um a trade skill um, a Cooper <laughs> what would be like the verb like the infinitive verb Cooper ring uh wood I or mean, just barrel making barrel making yeah. All right, we're gonna write barrel making. Um, comedian, actor. Colin Mockery. Colin Mockery, that's delightful. <laughs> I need an item from Cooper Ing. A hammer. Would use. Hammer. Okay. Um, an actor from Star Trek. Any Star Trek. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Okay. That's really basic, I know, but my brain no, is not one. coming up with any um, other name. I need an things. infinitive, a verb ending with ing. Uh, panting. Okay. Everything I was coming up with was either an adverb or an adjective that just happened. I need a comparative adjective. Larger. <laughs> a family member or relative. Their actual name or a, a relationship. A relationship, yeah. Great grandfather. And an unusual pet or animal. Uh, chameleon. I need a gross thing. Gross. Um, a rat. <laughs> rat. Okay. And I need a past participle that's a verb ending in ed, like cooked or compressed. 
Also, there will be certain people who are who are offended by rats being gross. Like Remy? Yeah. <laughs> Remy, the listener to this podcast. Remy the rat. Um, cut? Wouldn't, would something like that work, or does it have to? Yeah. Okay. A cut? How about sliced? Sliced, sure. Um, and an onomatopoeia. Boing. Boing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? Sure. Seventh grade is beautiful for anyone, but when you've never impressed a staple remover, then seventh grade might as well be a mosquito in your ear. I'm telling you, we didn't have staple removers back in the Gold Coast. Dante Bosco stars as Tantalus Snowrun, a kid with a little esophagus, but a big talent for barrel making. With Colin Mockery. Well, young Snowrunt, if you want to pass my class, you'll need more than just some skills with a hammer. And Leonard Nimoy, you know, when I was your age, I made all my friends at the panting club. Cut to a shot of the main character epic failing at panting. And when it seems like seventh grade couldn't get any larger, just be thankful your great grandfather isn't a chameleon. My life is turning to a rat. Could be worse. Could be a sliced rat. Will Tantalus find a way to survive or will seventh grade be a total boing? Find out this Friday at eight in... Sorry, your performance was excellent, and I was trying to hold it in so it wouldn't come up. I love Mad Libs, guys. Listeners at home, I love Mad Libs so much. Uh, um. Okay, now I have to come up with a title for this crap. Um. I'm literally yeah, so crying. Be... <laughs> it's very funny. I'm, I'm, I'm taking your laughter as a sign that I did a good job. Yeah, I thought it was great. So thank you. Um, so a name. It could be something you said. It could be um, a mosquito in the ear. It could be a sliced rat. <laughs> um, it could just be Tantalus Snow Run and the something. Um, I feel like a coopering thing would be funny, though. Because, like, <laughs> there's no business being in a decom. <laughs> Or panting club. (laughs) The panting cooper. (laughs) Or it could be um, a a title along the lines of like um, Angus Thongs in the the ultimate snogging or whatever. yeah. Where it's like Tantalus, Barrels, and (laughs) Chameleons. No, no. (laughs) Um, I think the tagline would be, he's not the only one in his family that can change. Maybe we'll redo the title segment of the of this process. Yeah. Because I thought may I thought maybe it would be easier to like have something jump out at us. But yeah. But I like the panting cooper. I think we should go with that. The panting cooper. Find out this Friday at eight in the panting cooper. Okay. And that is our decom Mad Libs. That was the wacky middle school type adventure i didn't give it like a specific plot other than just like a bunch of weird stuff happens it's very hatching pete in that respect where i was like what what is this movie actually about yeah maybe in the future i will try to like base it on an actual decom like thematically Mm -hmm. but not like literally but yeah i liked it well thank you i liked it too (laughs) i'm glad we did that and um yeah and i look forward to doing it again yeah thank you if you want to write a mad lib or 
give us suggestions for a decom of the week or any decom idea that you have, email us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time for singing? You can bet on it. Ooh, spooky post-credit sequence. If you liked the Mad Libs that we played in this episode, I'm happy to report that I have copy and pasted it into the episode description of this episode, so you can copy and paste it and play it with your friends. Just be sure to share it with us on social media when you're done. Goodbye.